Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you all this morning. For those of you who I don't know, my name is John uh, and I'm the curate here at Greyfriars. Uh, And we're going to dive into this passage together, think about what Peter uh, is saying in these verses from Acts. But before we do that, why don't we pray together? Uh, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the gift uh, of this season, Advent. God, this season of, of waiting, but of hope hope for the saviour that we wait for and God I want to pray that you would fill us this morning with hope and help us to know and love our saviour Jesus Christ more and we ask this in his name amen amen this uh this week uh, on Tuesday which was the uh, the 30th of November or as others might call it the last minute uh, I was looking for an advent calendar uh, for my wife, um, and my, my wife uh, particularly enjoys Milky Way, that's it, it's a Milky Way chocolate, kind of the white chocolate advent calendars. Uh, but because I had left it to the last minute, and it turns out my wife is not the only person who likes Milky Way chocolate, uh, all of the shops that I went to uh, had sold out. And Steph, my wife, had made it very clear, really quite far in advance, that uh, she would appreciate an advent calendar, uh, a Milky Way advent calendar. I know she had got me one, uh, so I really found myself in a bit of a bind. And so on Tuesday, I was scrambling, uh, going around shops, trying to find something, and I just could not find uh, the brand that I was looking for. Uh, So in the end, I had to settle and went for another brand of chocolate and kind of sheepishly went home Uh, and uh, on the next day, December the 1st, presented it to her Uh, and my wife is very gracious but also it turns out I pulled an absolute blinder Uh, and completely by chance uh, the the brand that I got is a brand that she loves. Uh, It's an excellent advent calendar uh, and all worked out for good in the Freeman household. And I tell you this story, uh, not just uh, because it's a story about my incredible success, although that is a nice side effect, um, but because I think it it perfectly illustrates uh, the way, the exact way in which God does not work. God is, you will be very glad to hear this morning, not very much like me, because God, unlike me, does not stumble into the things that he does and happen by luck onto the good things that he has done. No, God, unlike me, has a plan. And I think it's important that we say that and recognise that because it's so easy at Christmas time, isn't it? As we think uh, about this story of Jesus, that beautiful baby born in a manger, meek and mild, It's easy to tell this story that seems so kind of beautiful and that we've wrapped up so nicely and and forget to look ahead to the story of Easter 
But when we do that, when we look at this beautiful, meek and mild Jesus in the manger and then ahead to Jesus on the cross, a very different picture, to think that, well, surely that was never meant to happen. Surely God stumbled from the manger to the cross. That cannot have been the plan. To think, uh, quoting one of the great thinkers of our time, Ron Burgundy, that things escalated quickly. You know, that those things really got out of hand. Surely that could not have been the plan. But part of what we remember in the season of Advent, when we remember that Jesus is the promised Saviour, is that that isn't the case. God did not fall to the cross. He did not stumble. The course of history did not stumble by accident with uncertainty from the manger to the cross. No, God planned for the story to go this way. He planned for the story that we're about to celebrate at Christmas to end with the story that we celebrate at Easter. And that's the point that Peter is making in the passage that Jeremy just read for us. And so this morning what I want us to think about in our time together is why Why would God plan a story like this? And the answer uh, can be found at the end of that passage that we just read in verse 36. Verse 36 says this, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. God has made this man both Lord and Messiah. Those two words at the end of that verse are the key to understanding why God would write a story like this. Because Jesus is our Lord and Messiah. And I want us to think together in turn about what those words mean. And we're going to start with the second and think about how Jesus is the Messiah. The Messiah in Jewish thinking was the promised king who would be sent by God to save God's people from the oppression in the world around them, but also from the oppression that was inside of them, from the sin and evil that drew them away from relationship with God. Because that is the great problem that God's people And may I suggest that you and I need saving from. You know, there is real evil in the world that acts upon us and influences us, that we suffer from and that leads us astray. But there is also real evil inside each one of us. Merry Christmas, by the way. Merry Christmas. (laughs) There is also real evil inside each one of us. Of us, and we know this, don't we? Now, can we just be honest with ourselves? I'm not going to ask you to share, I'm not going to ask you to turn and talk about your evil with the person next to you. So, in the quiet of your own heart, can we just be honest with ourselves? We know this deep in our hearts is true, don't we? We all have been in that situation where there's a choice that we ended up making that doesn't align with who we know we most truly are and who we most deeply want to be. And we know it doesn't align with this sense of good and right that we can just feel in the world and the air around us. 
And yet, despite not wanting to do that thing that we did, and despite knowing it was not the sort of thing that that aligned with who we want to be, we did it anyway. That thing, those things, maybe as I'm saying this, you're thinking of a particular situation you found yourself in, that thing we didn't want to do, for some reason we did anyway. And what's more, we didn't just do it once, but we choose those wrong decisions time and time again. There's evil within us. We don't go the way we want to go. And so there's this sense of pressure from without that we can't resist and leads us the wrong way. But also a choice and choices that we make within ourselves. We freely and personally make that takes us in the wrong direction. And the Bible talks about this as evil and sin. Forces that Jesus, we learn, came to deal with and save us from. And so at Easter on the cross, what Christians believe is that evil was poured out on Jesus. Those external and internal pressures and forces did their worst on the Son of God nailed to a cross. Jesus faced the corrupting forces and evil decisions of injustice and malice and cruelty and violence, and he faced them to the point of death. And Christians believe that on the cross, Jesus took it all. Evil did its worst. He took everything that it had to give. But as Peter says in this passage, it wasn't enough. Even our final and greatest enemy, death, could not hold him, could not defeat him. You know, it's as if we took the whole ocean in an attempt to put out the sun and just poured it out. But it wasn't enough to to stop the fire of the sun, but rather the ocean was burned up in the attempt and the sun remained. Sin and evil exhausted itself on Jesus, and with nothing left to give, they are shown to have been defeated. As Peter says, Jesus comes out the other side. He goes through death and comes out into new life. That's what Peter, in these verses, is saying happened on the cross. And this is good news. It's good news for me and for you because having gone through death and come out the other side, Jesus knows the way. The Bible says he wants to lead his people through and out to the other side. One of my uh, favorite TV shows is is a show called The West Wing. Do we have any other West Wing fans here? Has anyone else seen it? Great. About 5% of you are going to enjoy this next story. In, in the West Wing, there's, there's this amazing episode where uh, there's a, a, a character called Josh who's having a difficult time, and another character called Leo comes to him and, and offers him support. And he tells this story that, that goes like this. There's a man walking along, and he falls down in a hole, and he can't get out. And the doctor walks past, and our guy calls up and says, hey, doc, can you help me? I'm stuck in this hole. And the doctor writes a prescription throws it down in the hole and walks on. And then a moment later, a priest walks past and our guy calls out again. He says, Father, will you help me? I'm stuck in this hole. And the priest says a prayer and walks on. And then a moment later, our guy's friend comes along 
And so he calls out and he says, hey buddy, I'm stuck in this hole, would you help me? And our guy's friend jumps down in the hole with his friend. So our guy says, what are you doing? Now we're both in this hole. And the friend says, yeah, I know, but I've been down here before and I know the way out. Jesus has jumped down into the hole that we find ourselves in. But he knows the way out. He's been here before and he's going to lead us through to the other side. The journey from the manger to the cross was planned because Jesus is the Messiah and he saves us from our sins. And it was planned because Jesus is the Lord. And to say that Jesus is the Lord is to say that he is the world's true king. That he is who he said he was. And we know that because God raised him from the dead. He is God himself come to be human. To be one of us. To jump in the hole. To save us. But Jesus' story does not end at the cross. It doesn't even end at the resurrection. But it ends, as Peter says in verse 33, with Jesus being exalted to the right hand of God. And that is to say it ends with Jesus taking his place of authority over all heaven and earth, receiving from the Father the right to rule and to reign. And what Peter says that Jesus does with this authority that he has received is to pour out the Holy Spirit on his people. The Holy Spirit, who is God, has been called God's empowering presence. The Holy Spirit is God with us, enabling us to live the life that is on the other side of death now. And more than that, the Spirit is a, a guarantee. He's like a down payment, assuring us of the life that we can have now in part, in full, one day in the future when Jesus comes again. And so the cross was always God's plan because on the cross, Jesus went through what God called him to do and came out the other side to receive all authority to give us this life resurrection life now and in the age to come and so that is why Jesus would plan a story like this from the manger to the cross so that Jesus would be both Messiah and Lord that he would be able to save his people from their sins and win for them new life now and in the age to come you know, this is, this is the story of Advent. You know, this is why we're thinking about that this week. Because Advent is about hope. You know, at Advent we take time to look back and remember that God's promise of a saviour was fulfilled. God was good on his word. He said that he would come and he came. But it's also a reminder that that wasn't a one-time thing for God. This is the kind of God that we believe in, a promise-keeping God. And so just as hope was once realised before, we can have hope again now as we look ahead to the future. Jesus did come 
and he will come again to make every wrong right, to wipe every tear away from our eyes and to deal, deal with evil and sin once and for all. At Advent, we remember that there was hope in the past. There is hope for the future, and we have hope in the present because Jesus is Messiah and Lord. He saves his people from their sins. He saves us from evil, and he gives us new life even now by the spirit that he pours out. And we too can be saved from evil without and within. We too can receive this new life in the Spirit. And so this morning, many of us will already know this hope. This story is our story. And so I just want to invite us in this Advent season to look at this story again in wonder and with worship and be thankful to the God who made a way for us. But for some of us, this story is new. The hope of Advent is not yet our hope. And maybe even as I've been speaking, perhaps God has just nudged you. You're aware that there is evil without and evil within that you cannot deal with yourself. But maybe there's someone else who can for you. Maybe this Jesus really is who he said he was. And I'm here to tell you this morning that he is. Jesus is both Messiah and Lord, and he's come down into the hole we find ourselves to show us a way out, if we would just trust him and follow him. And I believe God's invitation to you this morning, if you're sensing that nudge, is to follow, is to receive Jesus as Messiah and Lord, and realize that this Advent hope can be your hope as well, not because of what we might do or win or achieve, because we can't do or win or achieve that much, but because of what Jesus has done. There is hope for us this Advent, and whether that is a new hope or a hope we need to be reminded of, I would love to pray for us now that God would fill us with that hope afresh this morning. So why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the truth of who you are, that you are both Messiah and Lord, that you have come to save us from the evil that is around us, from the sin that is in our very own hearts. And God, what's more, you have come to give us life, resurrection, life, life that is found on the other side of death, not just in the future, but today by your Spirit. And God, for those of us who know this life, God, would you not let us take it as just some abstract truth that we know and then leave on a shelf, but God, would you stir our hearts in wonder and worship? God, would you fill us in awe again that we have been saved and given new life? And Lord, for anyone listening to me now who, who has not known this story before, or for whom this story has always been some abstract thing, 
but that you by your spirit are nudging in their heart and mind and soul even now to make this story their own. God, I pray that you would do that by your spirit. And if that's you, you might just want to, in your heart, in your mind, do what it means for you to turn to Jesus. To say to him, Jesus, I can't deal with this sin inside me and this evil in the world around me. I'm not strong enough, but I believe that you are. That you are who you said you were, that you are Messiah, that you've come to save me from these things I can't deal with. Lord, I trust you. I trust that you can save me, and I receive that now. I pray, too, that you would fill me with your spirit and give me the life of the age to come today. And Lord Jesus, wherever we are, fill us with that empowering presence. Stir us to worship. And fill us with the hope of this Advent season once more. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.